I'm Armand. And I'm Aaron. And this is The Open Source Show. I'm Aaron. I'm a cloud advocate at Microsoft. And I'm Armand, co-founder and CTO of HashiCorp. Can you walk me through, like super briefly, what are we talking about when we say infrastructure as code? When we normally talk about infrastructure, it's not something that we are really defining what exists, right? It's kind of this ephemeral, people went in, point and clicked in a console, booted some servers, versus infrastructure as code. The idea is, how do I define all of that infrastructure, my servers, my network, my applications, okay. and capture it as code, right? The way I would as like code. an app. As code, now, now we're talking a little bit more my language, because I know what to do with code. I know I can like, you know, check it in, push it to GitHub, version it, I can put CI on it. Like there's a whole bunch of things. What do we mean when we say infrastructure, like I can put my infrastructure in next to my code? Like what can I do with that? So I think to make it super, super concrete, like let's just say I take my definition of a simple app, right? I have a web server, I have a database, let's say I have a load balancer, right? I'm gonna take those three things and define it like in a text file, right? Just like my application, I'll use my text editor, I'll define here's the things I need. I'll declaratively say, there should be a web server, there should be a load balancer, there should be a database. Okay. I'm not gonna say I need to create a thing or if it doesn't exist, delete it. I just say these three should exist. I declare that it does. Oh, okay. And then what I can do is get all of those same benefits that you mentioned, right? I take that file and I can check it into version control. And so now tomorrow when I modify and say, oh, actually I need two web servers, I make my change to my text file, I check it in again, mm. and now I have a commit that says, oh, I can see why did Armand, like there's a git commit that says adding another web server to scale up. So I get that sort of versioning benefit of like code. Awesome. But then to your point, now I can take that and put it in a CI pipeline. I can automate the execution. So just the same way when you hit compile on your application, you get the binary each time that it's the same, right? It yeah. executes and runs in the same way. Like if I didn't change my code. Yeah, if you didn't change your code, it's the yeah. same pattern, right? It doesn't vary. Yeah. And you can now get that same benefit with infrastructure, which is if I have the same definition, every time I run it, I'm gonna get the carbon copy of that same infrastructure each time. When I wanna like, take my production environment and maybe spin up a little quick like test environment or dev or staging or something like that. I'm imagining infrastructure as code can like do better than what I've tried to do with bash. Yes, dramatically better. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I think it's not just the bash thing. I think normally when you look at sort of a production environment, it's someone going in, pointing, clicking, create a bunch of stuff. And now you as a developer say, hey, you know, I need a development environment to test this change. And it's like, we don't even know what production looks like, yeah, let alone right. how to make you a development environment, right? right? Versus with infrastructure as code, I think a key value of infrastructure as code is when we sort of talk about the normal, hey, I'm going to go point and click in the console. Okay, I spent like three weeks pointing and clicking and setting up production. Yeah. But now let's say, to your point, I want a dev environment. I want to test this thing. Well, I'm not going to spend three weeks. <laughs> and even if I could, what are the odds I point and click and get it exactly the same as production? Right? 0.001% maybe? <laughs> on a good day. Yeah, on a good yeah, day. On yeah, a good yeah. day. <laughs> infrastructure as code is, it's like, here's a perfect declaration of what production looks like. So it's like, great, push a button and spin up a carbon copy of production based on the identical definition of it. So now you can have your dev environment, do your test, make sure things work. And when you're happy with it, tear that whole thing down. Sounds awesome. It's, okay. it's a huge, huge benefit. You get that sort of parity of yeah. production, looks like staging, looks like development, and there's only one source of truth as to like what all of this looks like. Yeah, and it's right next to my code too. Bingo. Anyone can see it. Anyone can see it, anyone can see how it's changed over time. So if you're like, hey, the app was like 20% faster last week, yeah. like what changed? Yeah. Because you treat it as code, you can go in and see like, what was that change history? I can see what commits sort of varied the system over the last week. Hmm. Just like with an app, you're like, well, it worked last week, someone introduced a bug. 
right? Which commit added that bug? It's kind of the same sort of flow that you get now for infrastructure. Yeah. All right. How? (laughs) How do I take advantage of all this stuff? So there's a few different ways of doing this, right? But at the end of the day, you need some tool that Mm -hmm. basically you can think of it as a compiler, right? There's the language that I declare, what are the resources I want? So I say I want a web server, a database, whatever, a load balancer. What's the compiler I give it to that actually makes that happen? So one of the tools we make is a tool called Terraform, and that's exactly what it does. So you give it that declaration in a language called HCL, which is really human readable. It's meant to look kind of like JSON, but with less random braces all over the place. Terraform is sort of the compiler. So you give it to Terraform, and when it compiles, it's going and booting and creating a bunch of infrastructure. So it's going to make API calls out to Azure and say, Great, someone's asked for a web server and a database and a load balancer, go create all of this stuff. Oh, so that's the thing that's going to go and like apply the declaration, the HCL for me. Exactly, and I hope that was no pun intended because it's literally Terraform applies the command. Oh, okay, (laughs) yeah, I actually didn't know that until now. We did a video actually that goes into a bit more hands-on if you know folks are interested. There's a video about using Terraform on Azure that we did with Azure Friday. So that video is available if you want a bit more of like a hands-on you know, what does the code actually look like? How do I use it in the Azure context sure. as well? Okay, right on. What else can I do with Terraform? Can I like get started right now? Is it open source? Where do I go to check this stuff out? Super good question. The way to think about it is what we're doing with infrastructure as code is just defining what do I want to exist, right? Okay. So I think when we talk about kind of infrastructure as code, I think the word infrastructure, I think sometimes pigeonholes our thinking to just, you know, does it just boot servers for us? Uh, but I think really, if you think about the concept, what we're trying to do is apply sort of a lifecycle management, right? We're saying there's a set of things I need to exist, so I got to create it, I got to update them over time when I don't need it anymore, I got to destroy it. Mm-hmm. But those things could be anything. It mm, could be okay. hardware devices on prem, it could be infrastructure as a service, so oh. VMs, networks, load balancers, it could be platforms. So it could be, you mentioned Kubernetes, right? Yeah. I want to provision Kubernetes and I want to deploy my app on top of it. So yeah. there's like platform. But we still have to manage that, which is like, what are the apps that are supposed to run on Kubernetes? And yeah. what, what's my replica controller settings look like? Oh, so How do I manage like... that? I want my Kubernetes cluster to exist. I want my apps to exist on top of that. That should exist within a network, right? So I'm defining all these layers, but then there's a life cycle for all of those, right? I have mm. to create it. I have to like, you know, update it over time. If I, let's say, I change my Kubernetes version from 1.8 to 1.9, there's an update, right? And then if I decide, you know, I don't need that server anymore, I have to delete it, right? It's the whole stack. It's the whole stack. This isn't just VMs and networking. The goal is you can go from nothing, push a button, and your whole data center comes up sort of nuts to bolts, including your application. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. For folks that are interested in learning more, I'd recommend check out, start with the Azure video, but then check out Terraform's website. It has great examples about all the different kind of integrations that it supports yeah. uh, that goes into Azure and Kubernetes and sort of Helm, as well as then check out learn.hashicorp.com, which goes sort of zero to 60 on learning infrastructure's code and how it works and you know, getting value out of it. Awesome. Well, go check out that stuff. Go check out uh, everything else Armand was talking about as well. In the show notes below, we've got all the links. Uh, please subscribe and check out opensource.microsoft.com for even more awesomeness. That's it. Take care, everybody. Thanks.